Welcome to the Bear Marriage Podcast. I'm Sheila Ray Gregoire from to love, honor, and vacuum.com, where we like to talk about healthy, evidence-based biblical advice for your sex life and your marriage. And I am joined today by Rebecca Linden back, my daughter. Hello. And we will not be at to love, honor, and vacuum.com hopefully too much longer. Oh gosh, hopefully. We can't hopefully. we can't give you an exact date because every time we think we're almost done, we find something else big. Yeah. But we are in the process of moving over to bearmarriage.com. Mm-hmm. We are only taking the posts from 2018 and forward because I don't agree with 2016 Sheila all the time. Yeah. Well, and it's just, it's just easier just to start over than to go through every single one of the 2,700 blog posts that are on the site right now. Yes. Yes. And I'm reposting some of my favorites too to make sure they come. Um, so that will be soon, we hope. So that's one major announcement. Mm-hmm. The second one is if you have been listening to the last two weeks, you will know we are in the middle of a really good series called Women Heroes of the Faith that you need to know about. Um, women that history's forgotten. And so two weeks ago, we talked about Josephine Butler because I read just a life-changing biography on mm-hmm. her and so inspirational. So please go listen to that podcast. Last week, we did Catherine Bushnell. Um, I interviewed Kristen Dumay about her biography of Catherine Bushnell. And yeah, there's just a lot of people that have done amazing things for God in history that yeah. we may not know about. And they don't get the, the airtime because they aren't usually in positions of power. That's right. And also because a lot of these women were were fighting... Um, we're fighting the status quo. They're fighting the guys in power. Yeah. So, of course, so... they're not going to want to be remembered. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, go check them out. Today, we want to do something a little bit different. We want to tell you some stories of modern day women from around the world. And we don't have biographies for you to read so these won't be quite as long but just really inspirational stories that we would encourage you to check out and I want to start with Teresa Kachimondoto mm-hmm. and apologies to everyone in Malawi if I am saying that wrong yeah. <laughs> but Chief Teresa Kachimondoto is just an amazing story she was born the youngest of 12 kids mm-hmm. so we all know if you're the youngest of 12 kids you're not that important. Kind of like the David and Goliath story. Yes. Remember that? You know, you bring out all your sons, Samuel says. And he's like, well, these all are my sons. And so now... One more. Ah, oh, it's just David. <laughs> yeah. So youngest of 12 of 12. She came from a family that, that was from the elite tended to be the rulers in, in their in their um, tribe. But she was the youngest and she worked as a secretary for 20 years. But she had the kind of personality that everybody just knows you. Yeah, you're just a very typical baby of the family. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, in the early 2000s, she was actually elected as chief of her tribe of 900,000 people. So they have democratically elected chiefs. Um, it's not hereditary or anything, but it is from her tribe. And then I think there's like 500 tribal heads or tribal leaders under her. And so she gets to be chief and she looks around and she sees that there's all these 12, 13, 14 year old girls who have like two kids. Yeah. And she's like, oh no, this is not happening on my watch. And she goes on this huge crusade to end and annul child marriages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and child marriages are against the law in Malawi, but the law wasn't being enforced. And so she said to her chiefs, either you enforce the law in your areas or you are fired. And she ended up firing a bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they did annul the child marriages, she let them back in. So that's great. But she's, she's established these parent councils. They do door-to-door campaigns where you know they knock on people's doors and they 
they talk about the importance of girls getting educated Mm -hmm. and how when girls stay in school, the family benefits and everybody benefits. Yeah, because the problem is, of course, a lot of these communities, the reason that you don't send your daughter to school is because you're relying on dowry as part of your, Mm -hmm. your income. Yeah. Right. Like you need to, in essence, sell your daughters to feed your family. Right. And so, you know, showing them like if you you educate your daughters, if you if you give them a chance to like build a life for themselves, the whole family will benefit. Mm-hmm. It's not just a one time dowry payout. payout yeah. Right. Because remember, this is a lot of people are quite desperate. It's mm-hmm. not always an issue of being cruel mm-hmm. as much as an issue of desperation. Right. And in Malawi at the time, you had a 50-50 chance of being married before 18. Yeah. And girls who become mothers before 18, they they were having a 20 to 30% maternal mortality rate. Yeah, it's horrific. Malawi is, is, I think, the sixth poorest country in the world. Yeah. So healthcare is really bad. So there's all kinds of issues here. And she has annulled I think over 2,000 child marriages Something now. amazing like that. Yeah, and it's not just girls that she's trying to rescue. She's trying to rescue boys from child marriages too mm-hmm. and just get everybody back in school yes. <laughs> and nobody become a parent until you're an adult yourself. And she's just doing such an incredible job and in raising awareness of this. And you think about a woman <laughs> doing that as chief in, in you know, what's normally a patriarchal society. And she's someone who was just using the power that she has to really make changes. Yeah that are going to affect generations to come. So I love that. I love that. And now you have a story. I do. Uh, I want to talk to people about Dora, mm-hmm. one of the, the woman that I follow on TikTok. Um, she is in, I believe, Zambia. Mm-hmm. And Dora Nyambe is her name. Mm-hmm. And she actually is doing something slightly different than Teresa because she doesn't actually have power. Right. <laughs> she's just an, a woman. Mm-hmm. She's a 20, I think she's in her late 20s now. She's about my age. She said at the beginning of 2020... She had already adopted five children, so she had five children of her own already. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm just going to read out what she posted. Okay. So she moved to the remote village of Mapapa in 2020. She had already adopted her then five children by that point, but then she started a free school for the kids of the village that provides food, education, healthcare, love, and a safe house for abused children. They have since then began building a hospital for the village, (laughs) and she has added to her personal family by adopting seven more children herself, as well as fostering 150 children's at the school and as she says and yes i'm not yet married (laughs) anyway i love this woman Mm -hmm. she's amazing so what she does is she actually posts everything that she is doing on tiktok so Mm -hmm. people can see what it is like to do a grassroots on the ground operation where you are helping save children save girls from child marriages she goes to court to get these marriages annulled as well she Mm -hmm. helps sue rapists of these children she's doing all of this on her own and with the help of other women in the community Mm -hmm. and in essence they're doing this amazing thing all just because she's a woman who saw people in need and she said well I'm just gonna do something about it Mm -hmm. and she's done other TikToks where she's talked about how she always wanted a family and and, uh, you know, people keep on asking her, when are you are going to get married? And she's like, I have kids. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you said she adopted, when she was 21, she, she adopted, adopted a 14-year-old. Yeah. And she kept on doing all these things like, I'm 21 with a 14-year-old, ask me how. And stuff like that. It was really, yeah, and she just has fun with it where she's like, yeah, you know, you just help the people in front of you. And that's what Dora does. And so I, I mm-hmm. if you're looking for someone to like support or ways to actually mm-hmm. make a real difference in people's lives and to support people who are on the ground in their own communities doing it. 
Mm-hmm. Just check out Dora on TikTok. We'll put her link in the mm-hmm. um, podcast description notes because I I love her. And the coolest thing is, like, as you give money, I know uh, last year they had a big fundraising initiative for, like, the school supplies for the year. And then she got to, like, actually show them unboxing all the school supplies. <laughs> yeah. Like, so you get to actually see it happening as it's as yeah. it's um, un- unfolding in real time. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And again, you know, here's a woman who she didn't have much. Yeah. But she used what she had. And it seems to me that both both Teresa Kachimondoto and Dora are really living out the parable of the talents. Oh, 1000%. You know, because, you know, Teresa was given 10, let's say, yeah. <laughs> right? She's, she's made 100. And she's made 100. And, you know, Dora might only have been given like five yeah. or two or whatever. And she's multiplied that hugely because not all of us have the same circumstances. Yeah. But you do what you can yeah. with what you have. Yeah. And, and it's astounding what this woman has done. It is astounding. Yeah. She and went from just adopting one child because she saw a child in need and wanted yeah. to save her from a child marriage. Yeah. To now fostering over 150 kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it is incredible. When you, when you step out and you just do the little things that God has put right in front of you, hey, this is something you can do. Mm-hmm. Then it's like God increases the things that you are able to do. And and I just, I, I love that so much. So we will put the link to the story of Teresa Kachimadoto. It's just a wonderful story to tell, to talk about as a family, you know, what she is doing and the reality of child marriage around the world mm-hmm. and how, how we need to fight this. We're celebrating you know, Malawi outlawing marriage below the age of 18. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, a lot of uh, African and Asian countries have made child marriage illegal because of the problem of it. What people may not know is that child marriage is actually legal in Canada and in how many states in the United States? 44. 44 states. Um, in Canada, it is it is illegal to uh, take your child abroad to get married if they're 16 or younger or mm-hmm. to marry them. But the, but you can get married at 17. Yeah. And in some states, I think you can even get married as young as 12 with parental permission. Yeah. It's horrific. Yeah. They're, like in Canada nationwide, you there is, there is in essence no way to legally marry a, a child who's, a 16, who's under 16 years old in Canada. But many states, it's... Um, it's terrifyingly young how as long as the parents or guardians sign off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's just something that we want, we should keep in mind and talk to your elected representatives about. Yes. Okay, so the big picture we're trying to say is, hey, when God puts something in front of you where you can really make a difference, mm-hmm. let's make a difference. And we have a cool story to share with you about how um, two young women are making a difference. Maylee and Abby are, are two young filmmakers who heard about the Great Sex Rescue, read the Great Sex Rescue, got really excited about it, but also were very horrified at the things that were being taught in other marriage books mm-hmm. um, and the things that they had been taught as teenagers growing up. And so they created a short film called All the Books. And we're going to put a link to that in the podcast notes. Even even go watch it now. Like, yes. pause on this. Go watch it now because we're going to bring Maylee and Abby on to talk about their film. I am thrilled to bring to the Bear Marriage Podcast two young women who have done an amazing service for the Christian community. I have Abby Fisher and Maylee Brown with me. Hi, ladies. Hi. Now, I need to tell the story of what you guys did, or maybe you should tell the story. I'll, I'll, I'll just say, so Abby, you are an English major right now at Grove City mm-hmm. College, right? And Maylee, you're trying to figure out if you want to work in film or not. Yeah. But you're, you're like, you're both early twenties. Um, um, we're not no. in our twenties yet. Um, oh. I just, I just turned 19. 
Okay. I'm about, I'm about to turn 20. Okay. So you're like really young. You jumped into the fight with me. So yay. I'm so glad that there are young women jumping into this fight. So tell us about the all the books short film. Um, it's a short film. It's about six minutes long and it follows a young woman who's engaged and she's very excited and she's a Christian. So she goes to buy a Christian marriage book and it kind of follows her as this book kind of challenges her faith and yeah, changes her perception of her relationship and herself. Yeah. It's got a real emotional punch. Like I am watching it and and she gets, she's so excited to get married and about her relationship. And then she gets this book out um, and you made up the book. Like, so you created the cover and everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We used Canva. So it was all free, but we got together in Abby's room and we spent a Sunday afternoon like reading through chapters of different (laughs) books and like the whole back cover is a composite of like the Amazon like synopsis of like five different books so everything in it is paraphrased from a real best-selling Christian marriage book yeah we just sat up there and we're like trying to not be horrified like really proud of what we're writing but also like this is the worst this is terrible I think the first, the first heading that stood out to me when you opened this fake book that you wrote was a need you don't have or something <laughs> like, which is direct quote from yeah. Emerson Egrich, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I, cause I've listened to a lot of the stuff that you said about um, love and respect. And then I've read parts of it too. Weirdly enough, it was for school. We were practicing respect. So it was like, here's someone I disagree with. Let's see if I can respect him as a human being. So I got to read a lot more of love and respect. I'm like, Hey, look, I know this stuff. We can like, put it in our little fake book here. (laughs) That must have been fun. I remember um, last year, my daughter Katie and I, uh, we created all these fake uh, romance novels. Um, She did like a photo shoot. It was, it was really quite fun and writing the back covers because covers was, was the best part, but tell us what the back cover of your book said. Oh my goodness. Oh, the um, book we didn't bring with us because she got from, just came back in the middle of a week of summer camp. So I left Ah. my campers for a couple hours. Um, well, we have some amazing reviews from Emmett Egbert and Sharon Farns. <laughs> yeah. Definitely fake um, names, yeah, yeah. sure. We, I know at least we have the phrase, like, smoking hot wife in there. <laughs> yeah, that was um, definitely, I'm trying yeah. to see if I have a photo of it or not. Yes. And I remember in the internal part of your book, I'm sure I saw something from Every Man's Battle there, too, oh, about, yeah. 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 And so, so you're critiquing it. So she reads this book and like, it's, it's, this is where the emotional part comes in because she gets really crestfallen and then her fiance comes and he's all excited to see her and he doesn't know anything's wrong. And now she just doesn't trust him anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and just feels really awkward with him. And that's what so many women go through. Mm-hmm. So what got you into this? Like you guys are like 19. What made you, what made you realize how toxic this stuff was? Oh, how toxic it was. Well, well, so it was this weird thing of like, maybe like last year, the year beforehand, I suddenly realized that a church that we were were at at the same time as where we met, we were there about 10 years ago. And like my family was there for four years after that. I kind of had the sudden realization of like, oh, I have all these things that like happened to me at this church and specifically with some of the young male members of the church. It's like, oh, that was like super toxic. That was super sexist. That was bullying. And just kind of like, I became aware of it. Mm-hmm. And then really shortly after that, um, I had read some of your articles through Pinterest. And I told my mom, like, mom, I found this really, really cool 
website called to love honor and vacuum and she goes evie i've been telling you to read sheila gregor for years now she has a book <laughs> coming out soon <laughs> so then i read the great sex, sex rescue like very shortly after it was published and was like oh there's a name for this kind of stuff there's a name for these kinds of attitudes and then i was at camp like a year ago and i i don't know i don't remember why but you sent me in the the modesty episode which you just re-ran Mm-hmm. about like the modesty message so well, I had a free morning and she sent that to me and I was like wait this is our camp's dress code well, I sent it to you because that yeah. camp is run by the church that we were both at when we met yeah it's yeah. not still run so, but it used to be run yeah by so church. then I started getting into that and we like talked about it and we'd been doing pro- like filmmaking projects together for years and years and so last Christmas I was like I wanted to get the great sex rescue from a local bookstore if I could. So I went to the Christian bookstore and it wasn't there, but I thought I'll just like read through the marriage section, see if there's anything there. So I picked up his needs to her needs. Cause I didn't recognize that. I didn't mm-hmm. recognize the cover and I read the whole first chapter. And at the end, I was like, my hands were shaking. I just felt really gross. Cause it's about like, yeah. Yeah, it just didn't feel like a marriage book at all. They don't mention Jesus. It was like, you can't really control. So that's a lot of this book is like, you have to keep him from having an affair. Mm-hmm. was a lot of that message. So then I came home, I walked home and then I texted Abby and I was like, this was so weird. And then I opened Google Docs and I wrote the entire script in like half an hour. <laughs> it hasn't changed since. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, just one draft. So what's the, what's the um, what have people's responses been? It's been out for, I think, about a month. At the point where this podcast goes live, it will have been out for about a month. So what have people been saying? So the first bit of reviews that we got from the, um, like our feedback, the feedback forms were really interesting because we had basically, I would say like three groups of people. There's a group of people who was like, anyhow, I've been sobbing for the past 10 minutes and can't stop shaking because this is like exactly what my experience was in the church and part of the reason I left. Um, which is a lot of like women our age like our friends who we sent it to that was yeah. a lot of that or or like 10 years older who are like maybe divorced because they finally got out of like an abusive marriage because of all of these books and then there was right. the people who like they hadn't really interacted with this kind of stuff and some of them like well, this like it was really good and other people were like oh my gosh I can't believe that there are people like saying these things I had no awareness that there were these messages out there and I'm horrified and that was funny that was really nice to like a lot of like our young male friends that we send it to that was really comforting they were like like, so happy with the film and and they were outraged I've never heard this stuff before it's horrible so and to know we know their moms and we're like okay that like, makes okay. sense. Their moms are very yeah. good. And then yeah. we had the condescending like film students. So yes. Yes. <laughs> Those that's are okay. our three counts of responses. You know, I just want to say too about the guys. I I think this is really true. Most men do not want women getting these messages. These are not the messages that guys want like no. women to hear at all. And it isn't just hurting women, it's hurting men too. So I, but, but a lot of guys, because they don't read the books and they're not aimed at the guys, they don't always get the messages. So they don't know what we're hearing. So it's great Mm -hmm. that, that some guys have, have watched it and uh, understand more. Yeah. (laughs) It's been really fun making it. Cause like Abby said a couple months ago, like she said, I think our parents are more excited about this than we are. (laughs) My dad is, was like the most excited. And yeah, yeah, just he he loves your podcast so much. And yeah, it's been really fun to see our parents 
like yeah. learning more about these things and then kind of looking back and talking with their friends who have teenage daughters and teenage sons and but and since um releasing it we haven't had like any negative responses whatsoever have we no mm -hmm. i think it's still it's still been in like communities of people who like it's mainly right. been mainly people women who who've been through it who've seen it yeah yeah, yeah. and that was kind of our goal because i realized i like neither of us ever had these things directly directly told to us growing up but it was very like it was implied and we saw it and or like it was in the churches that we were part of but it wasn't in our families so yeah. like mm -hmm. I know like I've have and I still have like tons of friends and people who completely believe these messages and yeah. are saturated in it and they will like sometimes indirectly say or behave in manners like mm -hmm. stemming from these beliefs yeah mm -hmm. which is weird to watch yeah so so should we have should we have faith in in the younger generation i've always said that it's your generation that's going to change things so and i love the fact that you're proving me right um but do you think in your in your group at grove city college or in in the people that you know do you think there's an openness to challenge what's been taught well i, I don't know about so. your call your yeah your well, I only talked to like three people at school. So <laughs> I've had some girls from school who like absolutely loved it and were like super excited with what I was doing. But I've definitely like had a lot of interactions with people there who they're really willing to discuss ideas. And even if they don't directly agree with something, they're gonna like sit and they're gonna listen to you and really think about stuff. And you've had some good experiences at school with people I kind think of believe this stuff. What's been yeah the majority of interactions I've had with people who believe it it's like we're definitely willing to like talk about this and I don't actually mm -hmm. it's like they've grown up in it but they haven't really thought about it so it seems like people are more open but the like the the deepest conversations I've had with people who have actually left Christianity because of all of these things and have a lot of hurt from it and so that's been really encouraging with this process to have those people say it's like I'm outside of this now, but it's neat to see that you can critique it from the inside because I haven't seen that yet. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's what that's what I really want to keep doing is like showing that you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater and mm -hmm. you can you can stay, you can keep Jesus and get rid of all of the all, the all of the bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You know, and I, and I, I want people to understand that is like the people who have been so hurt and who are leaving the church, they're watching us. They're watching and they're so they they just want someone to say this was wrong. What was done to them was wrong. And I think you guys did such a good job of doing that. Again, I'm going to put the link to the, um, to their video, please go watch it. It's six minutes long. It is worth your time. Um, so check out the podcast notes for that link. Um, watch the video, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, share it everywhere and follow them on Instagram and, and let's get the word out. Cause here's, here's two young people doing amazing work. It was so creative and I'm excited excited to see what you're going to do next. So do you have any plans for the next thing you're going to critique? Oh, we have ideas. We have, yeah, we have lots of ideas. <laughs> Nothing solid. We need to like take a break from like something heavy to do like some like funky space Western or something. Vikings, <laughs> Vikings or something. Before we do, like the next one that like the one that like I really want to do is one about pure, like more directly about purity culture more about like modesty mm -hmm. and, and specifically girls. at camps. Yeah. Oh, yes. Because I've had, I've got to do that. You've yeah. dealt with it a lot more than I have. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. fun being at the camp I'm at now because 
it's it's like slowly changing and it's mm-hmm. fun to be like part of the like changing conversations and talking with the campers about it but it's our new book uncomfortable. <gasps> yeah our new book our mother daughter book she deserves better it's going to be out in april <gasps> we have stats of what the modesty <gasps> message does to people so if you want yes. to get an early look at those stats i can give those to you and you can put them in your video just let oh me my know. goodness <laughs> oh my goodness we're so excited for this and I'm then so we excited. would Yes. We would love to see your video on that. So thank you so much for joining for joining us again. Why don't you tell people really quick where they can find you on Instagram? We have an Instagram page for the short film. It's called <laughs> at all the books film. And then all I'm, the books film. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And then yeah. you have the main film account. Yeah. I have my like about like my all my filmmaking projects, which is at Maylie Brown, which is M-A-I-L-L-I-B-R-O-W-N. Okay, so I will put the link in the yeah. podcast notes at all the books film and yes. at Maylee Brown. And that is awesome. Well, thank you, ladies. It's been great thank talking you. to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Isn't that amazing? They're fantastic. And I honestly didn't know when I began the in, the the interview that they were as young as they are. Yeah. So imagine what these two are going to do in their I lives. I love, I absolutely love seeing um I, I, I want to say kids, and I know I shouldn't say kids. They are young women. <laughs> I'm getting old. Um, but seriously, like it, it, it makes my heart so happy to see people yeah. in their late teens, early twenties, like doing well. It's prevention work. Things. The thing is, it's prevention work. If yeah. you can get in it while it's young, while people are young, it's prevention. Mm-hmm. And an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yes. So right. if you want something to motivate your own um, teenagers, your own young adult, the young adults in your life, show them that movie and say, hey, this is what what some really motivated you know, 19 year old uh, young women did. And so let's see how else we can change the conversation. All right, Becca, something else happened on social media last week. Yes. That changed what we were going to talk about for this podcast. Yeah, I, did. I don't even remember what we were supposed to talk about because the minute this dropped, we were like, this is what the podcast is on, right? Yes. There was an article in psychology today that mm-hmm. came out and it went quite big on social media because the, the top of the article had the key takeaways. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, Katie, we'll put, we'll put that graphic on there, but I want to read to you um, how this article was introduced. It is called The Rise of Lonely Single Men, and there were key points. You want to read them? Sure. The key points are these. Dating opportunities for heterosexual men are diminishing as relationship standards rise. Men represent approximately 62% of dating app users, lowering their chances for matches, and men need to address skills deficits to meet healthier relationship expectations. Yes, and those are the key takeaways. What I really appreciated about this article is that he linked the studies that he was basing his findings on, Mm -hmm. and the studies were actually quite good ones. Um, One was a peer-reviewed study about how loneliness is increasing among single men um, quite a bit in the last few years. Another one was from uh, the Pew Research Project where they looked at census data. So this was only census data for the last 30 years and they just analyzed the numbers. So it wasn't any interpretation of it. It wasn't anything. It was just pure census data. And And what they were finding is that there are now more unmarried men than unmarried women in the age cohort of 25 to 54. Yeah. And or that's un, I'm sorry, not unmarried, unpartnered. Yeah, unpartnered. Unpartnered. I need to make that very clear. Yeah. They were combining married and cohabiting. Yeah. Yeah. And usually it's been the other way around, hasn't it? Yeah. So this was a flip. This was actually quite the flip and it's the first time it's flipped. So if people are saying, well, how could there be more? Um, basically, younger women 
might be partnered. So, so women might be partnering faster so that on the lower end of the age spectrum of 25 to 54, mm-hmm. more women are partnered than men. But also on the older spectrum where you might get um, people who have been divorced or widowed or whatever, women are more, women might be more likely to be partnered because they're partnered with older people. Mm-hmm. So, so you get this, this, um, yeah, this thing where at both ends, you, you might have more women who are partnered than men. The other thing, of course, is that, you know, as relationships that what they're saying here is relationship standards are going up. And this is why people are not going for people who are emotionally immature anymore, which statistically speaking, tends to be men. Women are just dating other women. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, there are more there are more same sex relationships now as well. So, yeah. so again, this is going to affect um, how many women are partnered. And the mm-hmm. other issue that they also said is that um, when you look at people who are not partnered, Mm -hmm. women are far more likely to live with children. Yes. And so women are less likely to be lonely Mm because they're more likely to have people with them than men. So really interesting. Yeah. And obviously we know single motherhood is incredibly lonely. Yes. Yes. Not trying to diminish that. Like just Mm -hmm. saying we're talking about like when we look at these studies that are looking at different markers of loneliness, Mm -hmm. single women are more likely to have family community ties even if they are relatively draining ones. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Than single men who are truly not just lonely but alone. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that there was there was another study they linked to about how sixty two how how men are more likely to be on dating apps than women. Mm-hmm. I was looking at other studies and I I did find that one I find a little bit um, more ambiguous because it really seems like it depends which app you're talking about. Which makes total sense. Yeah, if right? you're talking about like Ashley Madison, where ninety eight percent of men, I think it was like three quarters when you go to have an affair. Or even Tinder is primarily men. Like the yeah. hookup apps are primarily men. But things like eHarmony um, is slightly more female, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Mingle slightly more female. Not not a lot. Like we're talking about like a you know fifty two to forty seven or something. I do wonder though too because the things at the Christian dating sites too. I do wonder when we know that there are so many more religious women than there are men, the fact mm-hmm. that it's not that huge of a difference actually might mean that it is more skewed in turn of men being on the sites. Yes, that is right. True, like true. if, if the church is in general 60, 40 and the sites are only 47, 53. Yeah. So yeah. That actually is a pretty big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so, so, so that one, I wasn't, I wasn't quite as sure about that study when I looked at it cause I could see other ones, but, but the, but two very good studies. And so the guy is taking this data uh-huh. And he's saying, what can we, what conclusions can we draw from this? And um, one of the interesting things about the rise of, of unpartnered men in mm-hmm. particular is that it does look like unpartnered men do worse on a number of things than unpartnered women do. Yeah. So they were looking at educational attainment, right. health yeah. outcomes, whether you're living with your parents and, you know, your finances and income. Um, and the, the group that is lost and since the last census, the most on income is single men. Mm-hmm. Um, the group that has gained the most and all those other things is partnered women. Yeah. So partnered women are doing really well. Partnered men are doing really well. And unpartnered women are actually doing... Doing pretty okay. They're yeah. doing pretty well. Yeah. They're, uh, um, men are far more likely to live with their parents. They're far um, less likely to be independent um, if they are unpartnered than women. So so we have this group. And what, and what he's also talking about in this... And this is more anecdotal than mm-hmm. he was talking about in this article, but but we have also seen peer-reviewed studies on this, is that women tend to be more emotionally mature. 
And emotionally yes. intelligent. That is not biological. No, it's not. And so the Lord decreed that the women would have the emotions and the man would have the sex. Yes. As which is often said in our Christian yes. marriage books. Yes. No, this is not biological at all. This is, a, this is a result of socialization. Yeah. Right? And so there are certain biological things that make it more likely that we'll be socialized a certain way, such as, for example, if women don't have social support systems mm-hmm. in a land, in a, in a community where, like, it's really dangerous mm-hmm. and you have babies yeah (laughs) you might die yes and so women may have been more like likely to create strong emotional attachments whereas men might be more focused on like sports and athleticism because for each of us based on our risks that we're likely to meet on a day-to-day level when you're like at a more primitive society Mm -hmm. that makes it less likely you'll die right it's not because biologically speaking women are emotional and men can't be emotionally healthy not at all not at all and just to point out in the Bible, Jesus shows a whole range of emotions. Yes. Um, God, a whole range of emotions are attributed to God. Mm-hmm. Um, emotions are good. Yeah, and we, David and Jonathan were super close. Yeah, we have we had a whole series on emotional health. I will put a link to that in yeah. the podcast notes to this. So so emotions are good. And so, so what women are really looking for in the dating pool is men who can invest in a relationship mm-hmm. who where the women don't have to carry the relationship with men who are emotionally healthy and also men who like... Just know how to clean a toilet. Yeah, well, there was that one study that we've talked about, I believe, on the podcast before that has found that in marriages, Mm -hmm. men tend to always do better. Married versus unmarried, right? Yes. But women only do better in good marriages. Mm -hmm. And if they're in bad marriages, they actually do way worse. And Mm -hmm. not abusive, but just bad marriages yeah like even in a not great marriage men are still more likely to have higher uh salaries they do better at work they have better less health mental long-term, health. less mental health problems mm-hmm. that kind of thing whereas women in good marriages do great and mm. in okay and bad marriages just kind of either stagnate or do worse mm-hmm. and so we have this situation now where mm-hmm. women are just deciding i'm doing okay on my own yeah. i'm not marrying a man who's not going to make my life worse so that I can prop him up while I just suffocate. Yes. Yeah, they're saying, look, if I'm going to get married, you need to bring something to the table. Exactly. I want to get married because it will enhance my life. And part of the problem, of course, is that this hasn't always been the case. Like, now that women can financially look after themselves, mm-hmm. um, you know, now that women have support networks so they don't necessarily need a guy to to have their own um, emotional community support, whatever, they're like, no, I'm only going to get married if there's really a reason for it. (laughs) And, you know, studies have also shown that that when you marry, women do more housework and men do less. Yeah. And that's not fair. That should make make no sense. It should be that both of you do less. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, where you both had to do everything on your own when you're married, now you should only have to do half as much. Well, you know, so so it doesn't make a lot of sense. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so women are just being able finally... To, to be selective and to say, hold on a second, I would rather stay single mm-hmm. than be with someone who drags me down. And we were talking about this in social media and overwhelmingly that's what, what women were saying. Okay, so while we're talking about, you know, emotional health and how men tend to not have the same kind of lessons taught to them in their earlier formative years as girls do when it comes to emotional well-being and like relationships and all that kind of stuff, let's talk about the whole story. Okay. So my sister and I, uh, when we went through puberty, 
we found that things were not as clear as they could have been. No, I did not do I did not do a perfect job. And so a couple of years ago, they were complaining and laughing at me about this. And I said, well, fine, do it better. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we actually created a course. Um, one ha- We did one course for girls, me and Katie, and then um, Sheldon Neal, who, um, as well as both of our husbands, me and Katie, our husbands, um, did the boys version. Mm-hmm. And uh, the boys version in particular actually has a whole unit on, you know, in essence, spiritual development and character growth Mm -hmm. um, because quite frankly boys go through a lot less during puberty than girls do Um, (laughs) but on top of that we knew that this is particularly an area that especially in the Christian church we really need to work on with with boys and so we thought that was a great idea but if you're looking for an easy way to start these conversations in a way that's not just fear-based it's not purity culture um, Mm -hmm. it's just the information your kid needs to know it's very matter of fact but also we do the hard parts for you we're Mm -hmm. the ones who actually explain how does sex work like Mm -hmm. How, what is intercourse, right? What is an erection? What's a what tampon? Is, what is a tampon? How do you use a tampon, right? We, we do all that stuff for you. And then we offer you discussion guides and question prompts so that you can continue the conversation and keep it going for years to come. Mm-hmm. So we will put a link to the whole story course. It's available in two different ages um, for, for younger kids, 10 to 12, and then older kids, 12 to 14. Yep, and you can get bundles too. as well if you've got kids mm-hmm. of both genders and all different ages, whatever it is. Just uh, go check it out. And I'm sure you'll find something for you. Something that I also want to say with this is the idea that women are saying, I'm not going to marry someone who's going to bring me down. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know, what I've seen online as people are talking about it is always saying like, oh, well, they're just being mean to these men and it's not these men's fault that they haven't put in, they don't know, have these skills and you're going to have all these lonely men and all these women saying I'm so much better than them. But I do want to say, mm-hmm. these are all learnable things. Yeah. There is no reason, like people can say all they want. Oh, but your mom should have taught you this or your dad should have taught you this. YouTube exists. Yeah. <laughs> you can simply follow housekeeping channels on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if your apartment looks like a very typical bachelor pad and is like super destroyed all the time, because mm-hmm. that is one of the big reasons why women are like, I'm not marrying someone to be his maid, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't know how to keep a house and how to meal plan and how to cook healthy and how to get a budget going. Like, I don't know what to tell you, bud. Like, like, YouTube exists. Google exists. Like, take, if you can memorize, like, 800, like, football players' numbers and stats, Mm -hmm. you can figure out the way to clean a bathroom. Yeah, you know, when I I got married, I had no idea how to cook. I really didn't. And so, you know what I did? I bought a couple of cookbooks and, and I just, I them. followed, this is before the internet, okay? Yes. <laughs> a long time ago. But I just followed them step by step and I actually learned how to be a pretty good cook. Yeah, exactly. Like, I didn't, I didn't have anyone teaching me. I just got a cookbook. Yep. It's not that hard. And mm-hmm. so, and I think that this is what, um, I hope that the next generation of men and the current generation of men who are currently single and like, why am I single can kind of think about is like, mm-hmm. what are the skills that the girls around you, the women around you have had to learn simply because they're women and people don't, don't allow them to not learn these things without mm-hmm. a lot of stigma mm-hmm. you know because that's the thing like the bachelor pad aesthetic is is not for girls yeah it's for men mm-hmm. right if you're a single woman whose apartment is super super messy you're looked at like you're a total slob a man is like ah you're single days right yeah, yeah. so what are the things that i have not had to learn that the women around me my peers the people who i want to marry someday have mm-hmm. had to learn and how can i learn those things right yeah. like uh, do you have close relationships are you able to take criticism are mm-hmm. you are you showing personal growth yeah because it's not just housework it's no, also no, no. this emotional yeah. it's also this emotional health yeah emotional health and, and it all ties together, right? Do you mm-hmm. have, and be very honest with yourself, do you have a lot of entitlement? Because currently women are not putting up with that anymore because they don't need, and this is going to sound harsh, but they don't need you. Mm-hmm. They don't need mm-hmm. you. And you know, uh, there are a lot of guys who 
And it's not fair. Like, it's not fair that so many men were raised without any help in identifying yeah. and talking about their emotions. Yeah. Um, it's why so few men have deep friendships, mm-hmm. whereas most women do have deep friendships with yeah. other women. Um, you know, it, it isn't fair. But the problem is it isn't a woman's job to fix that in you. Or to allow you to go on without learning those things. Because that's really what mm-hmm. they're saying. They're saying, well, you should marry us anyway and feel bad for us. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I shouldn't have to fix this. It's like, no, no, you can, but you have to do the work. And yeah. and there are going to be a lot of people who are single and they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And that's just... Yeah, I think we reality. can all, all of us can think all of people of who were like, why, why are they not married? They're an awesome catch. Goodness cat. sakes. And sometimes yeah. it's just luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. But I know that like my stand, my, my goal when I was dating, cause, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking to singles because I got married at 20. I'm just like talking about the evidence, but my, my philosophy was very mm-hmm. much like, I don't know if I'm going to find someone. I don't know if it's going to work or not. And so I was like, well, I just don't want to have any what ifs. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I went to like literally everything I dated a I went on tons of dates, <laughs> even with people. I was like, "This is not going to work." And but yeah. and and we tried everything, and I I did, I did end up finding Connor very quickly. But don't let the what if be that you didn't just become a better person. Like, don't mm-hmm. let the what if be that you didn't learn how to take criticism, or you weren't able to be a safe person to confide in, or you were you you weren't able to be a good partner. Like, mm-hmm. let, let's not let that be the what if. Mm-hmm. You know? And that goes for both men and women. Yes, totally. Yeah. But yeah. statistically speaking, it's just as more likely to be men. That's my big thing is these are things you can learn. Mm-hmm. And these are things that there are women out there. Women are not saying, yes, I love being single. I'd rather not be married. Mm-hmm. That's not what they're saying. They would rather be in a good marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. And then they'd be single and then they'd be in a bad marriage relationship. That's all we're saying. Yeah. So if you can do the work, mm-hmm. if you can put yourself out there having been honest with yourself maybe go to therapy (laughs) like if you've if you've had a hard time keeping relationships or you've been choosing bad partners or you don't have a lot of close friendships just go to therapy even if you don't have mental health like Mm -hmm. problems just be like i i don't know why people don't seem to stick around me Mm -hmm. you know and and just talk it out get the skills that you need because Mm -hmm. this is something that can be learned and if you do learn it there are people out there who are looking for a partner but they're not going to settle so don't make them yeah, yeah. People, women are increasingly less likely to settle, and and I wanna I wanna add another dimension to this conversation too, mm-hmm. which is that this is this is even more so in the church. Yes. Last week was just an interesting week on social media, and if you do not follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, please do because I. I love the fact that you listen to this podcast, but the community is a lot bigger than this. And often the funniest stuff happens on social media. And I seem to be a different person on each social media platform. Like at Twitter, I'm just like. Burn it all down. Burn it all down. (laughs) (laughs) And on on Facebook, I I tend to be a little bit more measured. And then on Instagram, I'm like very um, pithy and and I have all my famous famous fixed it for you. But but there were several interesting conversations that happened on Facebook last week. And I was sharing a graphic um, where a man, a man had been talking about how it's a husband's job to get his wife ready for Jesus by lovingly correcting her. Um, and I was fixing it so that it was proper because husbands are not our saviors and Jesus mm-hmm. already saved women. It is by grace, even saved through faith, except if you're a woman and then it's by your husband's loving correction. Yes. 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 Not yeah. how the just, verse goes, Just guys. Not, not how the verse goes. And, um, but a lot of men who are never on my social media. Ever. Ever. Were jumping in and calling me a heretic and all the bad stuff that, that often happens. The very typical. 
And this is really common in Christian circles is whenever there's a conversation about how there shouldn't be male entitlement towards sex or where women are, are standing up the, for themselves yeah, or are in the image of God just as much as men mm-hmm. are or where women should be treated as equals. Men come out, certain men come out and really, really yell and women just aren't taking it. And that's what's interesting in the comments is um, that article that I shared about getting your wife ready for Jesus. I also shared that four four years ago. And while most people agreed with me, there was much more of a debate. Mm-hmm. Today, there's not the debate. Women and are just like, no, like yeah. the culture has changed. Yeah. And some <laughs> of that is that the people who disagree with us have left our page. Yeah. There's also a lot of people who I remember from four years ago who have totally changed their mind. Yeah. Because like we haven't changed our mind on some things. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, but the culture is changing. Changing and is. women are less likely to put up with this. If the only thing that as a Christian husband you have to offer a potential wife is control over her, mm-hmm. she's not going to want what you're offering. Yeah. Because she doesn't need it. No. Because like, these days, like, what, what do you bring to the table if you are like these men in these Christian marriage books. Mm-hmm. You know, men who, like Emerson Anchorage says, they need conquest and hierarchy and insight. And insight doesn't actually mean insight. It means I need you to think that I'm smart even when I'm not. Yeah, it means right? that, that you need to forget everything you think and you need to go ahead with my my way goes. Yeah, exactly. My insight is the one yeah, that it's, what, what really is disgusting when you read it because it really mm-hmm. feels like they want some sycophant to just pant and drool over their wise words. And that's, mm-hmm. incre- that's entirely my opinion of yes. love and but it's disgusting but yeah authority insight uh, relationship yeah conquest hierarchy authority I love how I know how to spell the word chairs and I automatically skip over authority because I find it so abhorrent to have the idea of wanting authority over your spouse it's just so disgusting to me like subconsciously I can't remember that and all of this has to be unconditional yes unconditional but this is the kind of person who Egris describes as what they need the kind of man who needs that much power and control over a woman is incredible emotionally stunted like incredibly emotionally stunted like to the point where it's like how can you even have a relationship with that kind of person yeah but when you look at the relationships that are described in these books it's not a relationship it's not what these women want this is the kind of relationship that makes her life worse not better and that's why i think so many women are saying i am not dating a christian yes we we had so many women on our page saying look, I have dated evangelical men and I will never do it again. A lot of women said, I married an evangelical man. He was entitled and abusive. I divorced him and I'm now married a lapsed Catholic and he treats me so well. Yeah. You know, or or I married, I married someone who's hear- not a Christian. I hear that all the time and it breaks my heart. Like, what does that say about our evangelical culture? Well, I mean, even myself, I always said that Connor becoming a Christian when he was like 19 years old was actually not a negative for me. Mm-hmm. That was something where I, I knew... I, I was much more likely to connect with someone from that background than from someone from a traditional, like, conservative Christian background. Yeah, who had grown up feeling... Because I knew that I could make sure that, you know, I was with someone who wanted to sell women as equals. Mm-hmm. And that was the number one priority for me. <laughs> there was one comment on our Facebook page about this, and she said, I was dating a guy who told me that if we married, I was allowed to keep my car. <laughs> yes. I still have my car. I don't know where he is anymore. Exactly. I love that comment. I love that comment. But this is is the problem in these religious circles is the entire focus of marriage is so about male control Mm -hmm. and male headship. 
that you have to wonder why are they so focused on this? Yeah. And let's talk about the Halo study. Yeah. Because it's so interesting. It's so, okay. Okay. Peer-reviewed study. We, we, we're using this a lot in our book, She Deserves Better, for yeah. Mothers of Teen Girls, which is coming out in April. So you still have to wait. I'm sorry. It's all written, but it just takes a while to get these things out there. But we looked at this study um, that was done of Halo 3 players. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they were looking at female-voiced players, mm-hmm. and they were seeing their interactions with the male players. And what they found was that if you had a really, really skilled female voiced player the skilled male voice male players treated her fine yeah but the unskilled male players were so abusive and insulting and tried to take her down yeah like sexual harassment absolute insults crass language horrific and they did not treat the skilled male players this way Right. In fact, the the title of like the news article for, by which we found the actual original study is yes. just hilarious. I yeah. love how they titled it. They titled it "Video Game Study Finds That Losers Are More Likely to Harass Women." <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And here is the conclusion that is taken from the peer-reviewed study: low-status males that have the most to lose due to a hierarchical reconfiguration are responding to the threat female competitors pose. High status males with the least to fear were more positive. Yeah, and this makes sense. It's like, say you think there's only room for 10 people to play. Mm-hmm. And right now there are 10 men who want to play. And mm-hmm. it's a boys club. Mm-hmm. And then women say, I want to play too. And now it goes to 20. Mm-hmm. But if you were in the top 10 when it was only boys, yeah. and now you're going to be in like number 18 if the girls play, it's not, the problem you see is not your own lack of skill, it's that the girls came in, and that is entitlement. Yeah. That is male entitlement, and that's yeah. what we're seeing here. And I think that's what we're seeing in the church, yeah. too. Yeah, and so so when so when um, the conversation changes, and we're starting to say, hey, women are equal to men. God loves women. God wants us to follow Jesus together, and to have us both follow Jesus, listen to the Holy Spirit, um, you know, rather than tell a woman that she has to listen to her husband, that that is the way she listens to God, telling a woman that no, together, we're supposed to listen for the Holy Spirit's voice together. Mm-hmm. It w- that becomes a threat. When you don't have anything to offer. When you have nothing to offer. And when your whole, when your whole identity was, was formed in having someone under you. Yes. And having a woman under And not having to earn your place. Yes. This is the problem is men don't have to earn their place in marriage in Mm -hmm. Christian circles. They just simply are given a role where they have absolute power and authority and they've never had to earn it. They can be horrible people and you're still supposed to obey them as a woman. And since women are not taking this anymore, I want to make a prediction. Okay. Okay. So we're already seeing this happen, but I think it's going to happen even more is that the people in very conservative Christian spaces that are highly gender focused, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to marriage are going to find that women who are exposed to the outside world don't want what they're offering anymore and so they're going to have to breed up their own women in essence and how they're Mm going to do that christian schools christian college keep them in the bubble Mm -hmm. keep them in the bubble convince them that everyone else is a tool of satan they're going to become more and more cloistered and it's going to become even more Mm cult-like because that's the only way you can actually get women to marry unimpressive men but there's (laughs) no way to raise impressive men if you raise them with entitlement which is what their theology is yeah so that's my prediction 
question. I think that in the next little bit, I think that as a whole, we're actually going to see the influence of this kind of thinking die down. Because mm -hmm. why would a woman put themselves through a marriage like that? Why would they put their children through having a father like that if they know they don't have to? Right. Unless they don't know they don't have to. And so we're going to see this increasing polarization. Yeah. There was a really interesting article, um, The Six-Way Fracturing of Evangelicalism. Yes. Talking about this. We won't get into it. I'd love to talk about the I've uh, talked article. about it a lot of times in the Unfiltered podcast. Yeah. Yes. Our patrons so please, we're so about. you can so here's a plug to join our patrons. <laughs> you can support us for as little as five dollars a month, eight dollars a month. You get unfiltered podcasts. You get access to an amazing Facebook group, and it helps. It really helped us fund the writing of She Deserves Better. Honestly, we thought the patron was going to fund totally different things this last year, and then <laughs> we are supposed to write this small, cutesy devotional for moms of daughters. We're like, what if we just write a second great sex recipe? Yeah. What if we just what go we, all out? What if we just put the same amount of work in? as we did the first time and by the way let's do it while you and joanna are having another baby yes let's, let's do it, while, just... it was it was a lot guys and the yeah. patreon is really it made it possible yeah, yeah so we're so grateful to them we've got some really fun ideas of other things we want to fund um so we'll be telling you about those in a few weeks but you can you can see the patron and our unfiltered podcasts are there including the ones where we talked about the six-way fracturing of evangelicalism where things are going to get more polarized because yes people are no longer going to put up with toxic things and so i think it's a good thing i mm -hmm. think it's a good thing that women are no longer settling i think so too um, and i think that the more that these these more abusive communities have to dig into the harmful parts of their theology mm -hmm. because it's in such stark contrast to the regular public i think it's going to be easier to see them who they yeah. are who they are but let me end on again a good note because we know that there are a lot of single people listening to this podcast who mm -hmm. desperately do want to get married and we're not the best people to talk about this honestly because no. we all got married so young and so i feel like i might have all of this advice but it's 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 almost um <sighs> It's, it's insulting it's when insulting. people who got married before they were legally able to drink in the States give singleness advice. Yeah, it really is. And so I, I am sorry about that. And I, I do really want to see people who want to get married, get married. But what I want even more is just for people to be able to um, have meaningful relationships and be emotionally healthy wherever they are. Mm -hmm. Whether And we know there's a lot of people who are married who are not emotionally healthy. <laughs> And, uh, and so let's get, let's get us all having meaningful relationships. And in terms of getting married, the best piece of advice, I will just give you this. Uh, it's not from me. It's from Andy Stanley's book, uh, the new rules of love, sex, and dating. I read it back in 2016 and it just, it really stuck with me. There's this one phrase he says over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's his catchphrase from the book. Be the kind of person, the kind of person you're looking for is looking for. Yeah. No, he, Andy Stanley, that was just such a good quote. Yeah. So be the kind of person, the kind of person you're looking for is looking for. Mm -hmm. So do what you can get emotionally healthy, you know, get your finances in order, learn how to do housework. And then you know what, even if you have to wait longer than you would like to get married, or even if you don't get married, you're still in a really good place. Yeah. And that's coming from, we're talking about from the evidence base. Just want to make that clear here. We're yeah. not talking as like, Married people, you should be happy single. I'm saying evidence-based, yes. research speaking. Yes. This is why women are doing better when they're singles because they're more emotionally healthy. Yes. So anyway, thank you for joining us uh, for that discussion. And we will put links. I know we've talked about a lot of stuff. We'll put links to um, the article and all the research that went on for the article to my emotional maturity series. Please look at that. The six ways, the six ways that evangelicalism is fracturing. And of course, to Teresa Kachimadoto. And Dora. Dora Nyombe. And Dora Nyombe. And the All the Books video. I want to say too, just one thing about the All the Books video as we are wrapping up. 
I want to just do a plug for next week's podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> next week's is going to be an important one because we're asking the question, where are the authors now? You know, it's been over a year. It's been a year and a half since The Great Sex Rescue was out. So what's happened? Mm-hmm. Where? What have the authors said that we were critiquing? Um, what have they done? And where are they now? And we're going to be answering that question. And so join us. It's going to be great. Yes. <laughs> a little sobering. Be, there's some, there is some tea that will be spilled. Yes. To be honest. Yeah. A little bit sobering, but I think you'll understand a lot more where we're coming from yeah. too. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing you next week at the Bear Marriage Podcast, hopefully soon at bearmarriage.com. <laughs> Lord, please. <laughs> Clara and I have been working on this for so long, but hopefully soon. Yes. And remember, uh, subscribe to this podcast, tell other people about it and rate it five stars. It helps us so much. Okay. Bye-bye.